What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I am your host, Anthony John Deletti, and man, oh man, am I excited today on this beautiful Monday. Guys, the Dolphins, here's the thing, you know, the, the Dolphins, it's they played a preseason game, obviously, unless you live under a rock, you know that. Dolphins played a preseason game where they whooped the tar out of the Atlanta Falcons 37-17. to And here's my thing with preseason, like, regardless, like, when you win that in that dominant of a fashion, like, you don't win in that dominant of a fashion if you don't have a good football team, right? Not just, like, starters, but... Like, the Dolphins were dominant. I've never, in in the time I've watched Miami Dolphins football, I've never seen this dominant of a preseason performance where, like, any time the Dolphins were on the field, first, second, or third string, it was just dominant. Like, I, I kid you not, I was watching the game just thinking to myself, like, oh my god, like, I've never experienced this much depth to where guys like Sam Aguavin or Eguavon, are getting four sacks, 10 tackles. Like, the dude looked like Jason Taylor out there. And I was like, what? Like, Kirk Merritt, Robert Foster, like, even our backup quarterbacks. I was like, what the hell? They look like Aaron Rodgers out here. It was just crazy. I ain't never seen a dominant preseason performance like that. But as always, you know, through the negative and also, you know, through the positive, the ups and downs, I'm not going to act like, oh my God, the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl now. Like, it's a preseason game. I'm just going to focus on the starters. Um, And while there were mainly, like, every single thing I'm about to say is a positive, there were, like, one or two negatives, and and it's just small stuff, again, that you can clean up. It's about getting better next time, right? Uh, A teacher that I once had, you know, just said, next time, just be better. And that really resonated with me. And in life, and you know, in football in general, that's really what you all you can ask for. Next time you go out there, just play better, even if it's just two things that you you improve upon. So that's what I'm gonna focus on with the preseason. Is like not if you know we or you know, uh, you know any other team made a mistake. It's can you get better week to week. Um, but let's start off with this team, and I'm gonna go in reverse order from last week. So last week I went special teams, defense, and offense. Let's go over the offense. Um, first off, I want to say kudos to the offensive line. Um, Liam Eikenberg just stole Jesse Davis's job, and I don't think it was kind of close. Like Liam Eikenberg was the best offensive lineman on the field on Saturday, even above Robert Hunt. And what I was told um, was they really liked Liam Eikenberg at right tackle. It's just he wasn't ready for it yet. But they put him there on... Uh, Saturday and he shined like he was the highest graded Dolphins offensive lineman on Saturday Uh, he played great and something I said that I loved about what he does as a tackle that I wish Austin Jackson would do more of is he lets the edge player do most of the work and what I mean by that is you don't see him like trying from the very beginning of the play to win the battle if you go back and watch all of his reps He does a couple of step backs and he lets the edge player have to run to him. And then once the edge player hits a certain landmark, he attacks him. Okay. And that's something Austin Jackson doesn't do. He kind of just stays in place and the edge player just runs right by him instead of going back, letting the edge player come to him and then attacking aggressively. Um, And so Liam Meikenberg, like he looked great. Robert Hunt and Liam Meikenberg together 
my God, like it looked phenomenal. Anytime they ran to the right side, it was a game, a large game. There were many times in this game where we had like six, seven yard runs. And sometimes I, I think I've noticed this over the last couple of years, really, especially this last year, sometimes people care way too much about the long runs and not enough about the five, six yard gains. Like, Give me consistent five, six yard gains over a 15 yard run every now and then. Because if you can consistently run the ball, if say it's first down, if you can consistently go, be at second and four or second and five, like think about that. You're now, you now have two plays to go five yards. That's two and a half yards of play. So if you can consistently get five or six yards on that first play, even four yards, because four yards times three is 12. That's a first down. So what I loved is that in the run game, I consistently saw four, five, six yard gains. Um, and that's what you need, right? You need to be able to run five or six yards, four to four to six yards every time you get the ball. If you're not running four to six yards every time you get the ball, then there's an issue, right? You need to have about four yards per carry. So that was really good. The offensive line, and I know, yes, they weren't going against second team got or first team players, a lot of them. But at the same time, like, I'll take a win for this offensive line. Like, I, this offensive line isn't good enough for me to say, oh, they were going against second team. Like, we saw this team against the Bears being dominated by second team players. So, yeah, there were a lot of second team, second string players, but they still looked great. They looked great. The qualities I saw were great. Solomon Kinley looked uh, looked a lot better. Michael Dieter, there were a couple plays where I was like, eh, I still have some questions, but he wasn't that bad. And again, Austin Jackson was the worst offensive lineman out there, but even his performance, it wasn't atrocious. It's just he's still like, just off the eye test, you can clearly see he's our weakest link on the line, which is upsetting because he has probably, he's the most physically gifted out of all our offensive linemen. Um so, yeah, just I, I know I was super hard on them, which I'm going to continue to be because here's the thing, guys, and I said this on my Twitter. For those of you that are always on people like me and Smart Guy and other people out there, like what you're always on our ass about wanting good offensive linemen, that's why. Because we didn't have any of our starting wide receivers except Jalen Waddell, even though on the depth chart he's not even a starter. We didn't, we have mediocre to uh, average offense or uh, running backs and a second year quarterback. And it looked like we could do whatever we wanted when our offensive line was performing well, right? You give Tua a clean pocket. Y'all saw what he did. Okay. Now, speaking of Tua, if you have any more questions about Tua, I I don't know what there is to tell you. Like I have no idea what his ceiling is, but you should have no more questions of like, Hey, has he improved from last year? The only way you'd have those questions is if you weren't watching these games, right? If you're just looking at a stat sheet. And even then, it's like, I mean, the dude was on pace to throw 364 yards in that game, right? And he would we'll break down some plays when we get uh, further on in the podcast, but he had chances for way better gains if there were certain pass blocks that uh, occurred that would have given him just a half second more time. Um, but two, I mean, again, like you watch him, just even him on the sideline, there was a viral video that, um, or a video that went viral of him, like talking to Waddle and Grant with coach Fry near him. 
And the dude just looks like a leader, right? The dude was just, he was involved in everything. He was celebrating the victories. He was there to coach up people, to take coaching corrections himself. I mean, he is night and day from last year. And I mean, the the again, this year, I'm not expecting like MVP Tua. As good as he's looked, he's going to have second year moments where he throws interceptions or he makes mistakes. But when I watch him now, when I project like what he's going to look like in years three through five, oh my God. I mean, like with his pocket presence, which we saw, elite. His accuracy, elite. His touch, elite. I mean, my God, when he learns what defenses are doing, which is really what most quarterbacks need. Most quarterbacks, you're, most quarterbacks are talented enough, right? Most quarterbacks can throw a football enough. It's really just the accuracy and the ability to read a defense. Tua has everything he needs. Arm strength is cool if you have it. You don't need it, right? Tom Brady never had arm strength. Drew Brees never had arm strength. Both of them have won Super Bowls. Even Peyton Manning. Um, so, like, Tua has everything you need. He just needs to learn defenses. And, like, if he's already at this point now, which is better than I've ever seen Ryan Tannehill play, this is the best I've ever seen a quarterback play in my life. I never saw Dan Marino, right? So if he's at this point now, like when I project him in years three and four, oof, oh my God, with this defense, like that's why, again, I go back to the offensive line. Y'all, could you imagine what Tua could do even this year with a top 15 offensive line? Oh, it's like, it, it, it blows my mind. So like if we could figure out the offensive line. I mean, that's gonna, that's going to take this team to the next level. And Tua, and he's already improving rapidly. Um, so yeah, he looked phenomenal on defense. Defense was okay. I mean, it's hard. I, I said this after the Chicago game. It's going to be kind of hard to improve upon what they did last week, which was you only gave up three points in the first half, and that's what they did. They gave up three points in the first half, and and until the fourth quarter. They only gave up three points. So like, yeah, there there were certain things like there were a couple of plays where there were like chunk yards on the run. I thought they could have shored up some tackles and stuff like that. But when you're giving up three points in a half, I mean, guys, the Dolphins in the last in, in the first half in the last two weeks against starters, they've given up six points in the last two weeks. The Dolphins are averaging 18.5 points in preseason, giving up 18.5 points a game. So, like, the defense, yeah, there's certain stuff like tackling and, uh, you know, stuff that it, it just happens every year you see it. You know, fixing up some alignment issues, some tackling issues, that'll get fixed over time. But, I mean, overall, it's just like the the, the team looked phenomenal. Special teams, there wasn't really much special teams. I know Jason Sanders missed a 58-yard field goal. Yeah, it's okay. Like, I I don't want Jason Sanders to make 58-yard field goals all the time. You know, like, I, I want our offense to get closer, and we could have gotten closer. It's just we ran out of time. And, yeah, he missed a 58-yard field goal. The chances of your kicker having to kick over 55, 50 is, I mean, it's not that. You don't want that to happen. You want your offense to get past the 41-yard line. So... I mean, special teams look good, though. They didn't really punt much. I think the first time they punted was like, I don't even know, the third quarter. I'm just guessing the third or fourth quarter. I don't think they they didn't punt all first half. That's crazy good. 
So I didn't really see much of special teams, so I don't really know what to comment on that, uh, aside from no Igbenogany running half speed on the opening, on his first kickoff, like he didn't even want to be there. That's really all I can comment on. Um, but yeah, so breaking down a couple of plays that I saw, uh, let's talk about the um, offense first. Um, there was a play where it's the play, it was the only sack that two got sacked in the game. And it was really a blown assignment by Jesse Davis. Um, but Malcolm Brown should have, even though there was a missed assignment by Davis, Malcolm Brown still should have stopped the blitz, the edge rusher from coming in. If you go back and look at the play where he gets sacked, Jalen Waddle was wide open for like a 25-yard touchdown. Wide open. I mean, Tua looked at him. He was about to throw it, and then the pressure came, and if he would have tried to throw it, it would have been a strip sack. So he did the right thing. But, oh, my God, if he would have had one more second, he would have finished the game right – or not not finished the game. It was on the opening drive. But it would have been a 25-yard touchdown to Jalen Waddle, and we'd all be freaking out. Now, they still ended up getting a touchdown on the drive. But, again, it's about getting those well, – why be on the field longer than you need to? Right? Let's, let's, let's score some points. Um, and, again, if you go look at that play, it's stuff like that that I was like, man – they're going to look at that in the film room and he's going to be talking to his offensive line and they're going to be, you know, talking about, hey, man, if we give two a one more second here, we're not going to be on the field the next play because it's going to be a touchdown or we'll be on the field for the field goal. You know what I mean? But like, that's it. I give two a one more second. That's a touchdown. Jalen Waddle was wide open. It was a blown assignment, I think, on the defense, um, the safety bit. And Jalen Waddle just ran right past him. It's stuff we've seen the Bills do to us many, many times. Um, and yeah, Jalen Waddle, like, let's talk about Jalen Waddle real quick, too. Thank God he's not injured. I literally, like, almost crapped myself when I saw him on the ground. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But uh, he looked great. Again, jet sweep for 10 yards, easy. There was a little curl route for seven yards, easy. A lot of stuff to Jalen Waddle where I was like, oh, this looks too easy for him. And again, that crossing route, that was a touchdown. And Tua saw it, but he couldn't throw it or else it would have been a turnover because he's a smart quarterback. Um, there was also another play where Tua actually didn't make the correct read, I think. I don't think he did. Um, I'm trying to remember what pass it was. I want to say it was a pass to... Mm, I want to say it was Mac Hollins, maybe. It was on the uh, third down. It was right before the fourth down that Malcolm Perry dropped. It was on the third down. If you go to the very top of your screen when you watch the play, the highlight, I think it's Kirk Merritt or Robert Foster at the very top of your screen, and they run a go route. Just go to the end zone, a little fade to the end zone, and he was open. He had his man beat, and if Tua just looks at that read first, um, that's a touchdown right there. So there were a couple plays where it was like, yeah, Tua could have probably thrown this or, um, you know, he could have done a little, something different. But uh, all in all, guys, like, again, you, you, they'll get better. They'll focus on that when they watch the film. But, like, they looked really good. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. I mean, they they looked good on defense. There's not really many plays to talk about. Um, I'm trying to think. There was a play where Felipe Franks ran for about like 20 yards. It was on a crucial fourth down, I think. I, I want to see that stuff like fixed because 
I don't like the last thing I want to see is Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, those mobile quarterbacks running all over us. I don't want to see that happen when the regular season comes. So hopefully they can fix some of that stuff up. Um, but again, when you give up three points, it's hard to complain, you know, about little things like that. But yeah, all in all, I thought it was a phenomenal game. Um, I loved what I saw from the first, second, and third team, offense, defense, and special teams. And you should be excited if you're a Dolphin fan. Um, So I probably won't be doing a video for a little or a podcast episode for a little. I might do one when it comes closer to preseason game three against the Bengals. But uh, yeah, there won't be like joint practices this week. Uh, They probably won't even start any starters, maybe a couple against the Bengals. So there won't be too, too much to talk about, but I'll definitely do one or two episodes this week. Um, We'll see. I'll play it by ear. But yeah, guys, you should feel very confident about this team. And also the fans, if you were there and you're listening right now, if you were at the stadium, yo, electric, electric crowd uh, for a preseason game, even like just an electric crowd. It sounded electric from the TV. Um, so yeah, that, that was absolutely amazing. But anyway, that's it for the podcast today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to like subscribe and share as always. And I'll see you next time here on the Finn sports football podcast. Fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.